This podcast is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find other great shows on the network, head over to deluxeeditionnetwork.com. That's deluxeeditionnetwork.com. Honor the victims, celebrate the heroes. That's Genius Book Publishing's approach to true crime. Covering some of the most important cases in crime worldwide, our books never glorify the killers. From the Melissa Witt case all the way to the Golden State Killer and the Zodiac, if you're looking for solid, meticulously researched, thrilling true crime, look no further than Genius Book Publishing's catalog of titles. Visit GeniusTrueCrime.com for the best true crime books available. Also available on Amazon, Kobo, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes. Lockhart. And I'm LaDonna Humphrey. Welcome to Deep Dark Secrets, a podcast that shines a light in dark places. Today we're going to talk about something very important, our research into the harmful effects of violent pornography. Over the past year and a half, Alicia and I have been compiling evidence not only from online death fetish forums, but also from studies and research into this dark topic. And honestly, We have not been surprised by the results, have we, Alicia? No, no. The results seem to kind of back up what our gut feelings have been this whole time. That's right. The research does back us up. It tells us that violent pornography is a real danger to society. And just so there is no confusion, I want to make sure that we explain to our listeners, Alicia, the definition of violent pornography. And it goes like this. Violent porn is defined as any form of pornography that contains depictions of physical or sexual violence, including rape and other forms of assault or death. Violent pornography has been linked to increased aggression in viewers, desensitization to the physical and emotional pain of others, and an increased likelihood of violent acts. As you're reading that, that scares me to think about people being altered in that way. I hate that. It's disturbing. It's scary. And it's happening every day in America and across the world. It really is. And we want everybody to be aware of the effects of that. And so we've been researching this. And one of our go-to trusted sources on this topic is an organization called Fight the New Drug, or their acronym is FTND for short. So FTND is a non-religious, non-legislative organization And it exists just to provide individuals the opportunity to make an informed decision regarding pornography. So it's a website that's really aiming to raise awareness on the harmful effects, and it uses science, facts, and personal accounts. So according to Fight the New Drug, violent pornography, including necroporn, 
isn't harmless entertainment as some people think that it is. In fact, the website has this to say about violent pornography, quote, it's absolutely marketing itself into people's relationships, real relationships, and inviting them to be curious about or try things that are non-consensual and deadly, end quote. That gives me the chills to hear that, things that are non-consensual and deadly. We see that in the death fetish forums every single day. And fight the new drug isn't wrong. Necroporn is not harmless. We see that every day in the work we do for the podcast as we're investigating the death fetish community. You can't tell these victims, families, that death fetish pornography is harmless. I'm sorry. That's not going to fly with them. They know that it's not. They've lost a loved one for life. They're never going to get to see their loved one again because of somebody who had a death fetish fantasy and decided to turn it into a reality. It is not harmless. And we know that. That's right. And it's not just us saying that. Alicia, the truth is that even Ted Bundy, an American serial killer who kidnapped, raped, and murdered approximately 30 women, even he recognized the dangers of violent porn. So the night before his execution, Bundy was actually interviewed by the founder of Focus on the Family. That man's name was Dr. James Dobson. And in their conversation, Bundy talked really candidly about the effect that his pornography addiction had on his life. And this is what he had to say, and it gives me chills. Like most other kinds of addiction, he said, I would keep looking for more and more potent, more explicit, more graphic kinds of material. Like an addiction, you keep craving something which is harder, something which gives you a greater sense of excitement, until you reach the point that pornography only goes so far. It's incredibly insightful of him to realize that. It is. It is. And in that same interview, he went on to say, I've lived in prison a long time now. I've met a lot of men who are motivated to commit violence just like me. And without exception, I want to say that again, and without exception, every one of them was deeply involved in pornography. And without question, without exception, they were deeply influenced and consumed by their addiction to pornography. That's just chilling to hear. He knows. He was in that environment. He was conversing with other killers, and he was putting the pieces together there. Yeah, it's scary to me. It is frightening. And furthermore... LaDonna, you might find this interesting. The FBI has even produced some incredible research on this topic. So the FBI scientists at Quantico in Virginia had weighed in on pornography and the adverse effects, and they offered up just incredible information. One example that they had shared is that the impact of pornography on the Miami pillowcase rapist so they were reporting about the Miami pillowcase rapist, and they said, he dreamed of rape. Then he eventually slipped over the threshold of fantasy into the reality of sexual assault. Okay, so that just jumps out at me. Slipping over the threshold from fantasy into reality. 
How many times have we said that? Yeah, we've said that. And we've even seen some of the death fetishers in the forums. They love to talk about that fantasy versus reality. Like there's this constant dialogue going on about fantasy and reality and to what degree they are connected when it comes to sexual assault. And so I love to see it. I love to see that the FBI is like, yeah, this goes to sexual assault if you're fantasizing in this way. It's very scary. Just incredibly eye-opening, frightening stuff. But I think it's important to our listeners to understand it, to hear it, and to have you know, the truth about the dangers of violent pornography so they can make a decision for themselves and for their loved ones. Yeah. And I want to give another example that the FBI provided. So this example can be found in the Ray Bauer case. So over the span of a 29-year marriage, Ray often forced his wife to watch hardcore porn movies with him. And then after they would watch the porn, he would bind her and torture her. And it's just sick. But in April of 1986, Mrs. Bauer was very tired of this abuse. She was sick of it. And she shot her husband to death after one particularly terrible torture episode. And after that murder that she committed, there was a search of the house and it uncovered that her husband had this extensive collection of violent sadomasochistic pornography and many instruments of torture. And, you know, this is just another example of why we need to stop violent pornography. Oh, absolutely. That's some very powerful examples. But I also found some additional studies by the FBI. And in those studies, they concluded that 80% of mass murderers used pornography extensively. And it was an integral part of their murderous sexual activity. And it often led to things like serial rape murders. I was shocked by that. And some of these killers actually photographed their dead victims and pasted cutouts of their faces on hard and soft porn photos as preparation for their next murder. So, oh, oh, they were doing some manips. That's exactly what I was thinking. It was some manips. I thought that was interesting because we see some of that almost to that same degree in the death fetish forums. That same Absolutely. kind of stuff. Yeah, it's scary. And so the FBI and police nationwide have also reported finding extensive porn collections in the homes of virtually every mass murderer, Alicia, that they've ever arrested. So it's pretty clear to me that necroporn, death fetish porn, whatever you want to call it, despite the claims to the contrary by those who produce it and consume it, it's anything but innocent. It's not fantasy. It is real, and we've got to help put a stop to violent porn. Yeah, it's not innocent fantasy whatsoever. It's very far from it. And as we flip through all this research that we have on this topic, I've noticed a reoccurring theme, and it's, it's this. Violent pornography can and does have a number of harmful effects on its viewers. It can cause people to view sex as something 
that's just solely meant for pleasure without even considering any emotional and physical consequences of this violent pornography, violent sex acts. People watching violent pornography can become desensitized to violence. And they can even start to believe that it's acceptable in some contexts. And this can lead to increased aggression and tolerance for abusive behaviors in relationships. So there's even other studies that have linked violent pornography to an increased risk of sexual violence and just other criminal activities in general. I'm not surprised by that at all. Not at all. Just based on the past year and a half of what we've experienced and what we've seen, you know, within the death fetish community. I mean, and when I think of other criminal activities, I think about the death threats against us. I think about, you know, the computers getting hacked, the text messages, all of the harassment. That's additional criminal activity because these folks are desensitized to what they're doing and they want to defend it. Right. And if you're okay with screwing a corpse, then you probably have a little bit different idea about what else is okay to do in the world. So that tracks to me. That makes total sense that there's other, you know, that they're open to other criminal activities. They don't have a moral ground to stand on anymore. Yeah, their moral compass is broken. And so all these studies are also agreeing that just the exposure to violent porn can lead to some really unrealistic expectations about sex. And then that leads to dissatisfaction in relationships, can even lead to addiction. So these studies are concluding that the exposure to violent pornography leads to feelings of guilt, shame, distress, and these are things that are happening to the viewers, and they're struggling to maintain any sense of morals, any sense of values. So it's just super, super clear to me that violent pornography has so many detrimental effects on its viewers, and it needs to be avoided. I think it needs to be banned. You know, we've got to put a stop to it. And as we're researching for this episode and just researching violent porn in general, I also found, you know, even more studies that really kind of, you know, cinch up all the things that we've just talked about. But they've said that viewing violent porn can lead to an increase in aggressive thoughts, attitudes, and behaviors. And in fact, in a 2011 study that examined the effects of this type of media on college students, it revealed that those who viewed a video containing violent porn, well, those viewers actually had higher levels of aggression than those who were exposed to nonviolent porn. See, That's, that just seems like logic to me. I can't me believe that they have to do a study on it, but I, I'm glad that they are doing these studies so that people like Raphael Sharp, who are so upset with us talking about this topic, you know, well, go, okay, Raphael, go to fight the new drug and look at these articles. Every single one of them has sources cited of scientific research. So go look at it. Well, I think that people like Raphael are dealing with their own feelings of guilt, shame, and distress, kind of like what you talked about earlier, you know, based on their own 
moral compass, whatever it is, however they were raised, maybe those feelings of being attracted to a corpse, you know, those kind of things. I think that's a lot of what their motivation is. I mean, I may not be 100% correct in that, but that seems to be where all signs are pointing. Just those feelings that they're dealing with and just the level of, no, this is okay. This is normal. No, it's not okay. It's not normal. Because if they were, you know, if Raphael or whoever else on these death fetish forums who are purchasing these violent porn videos, if they saw this research and saw the sources that were cited, they might be invited to, I guess, like take a look at themselves in the mirror and realize that they are the people who these articles are talking about. And I know that's really, really a hard thing to swallow when you realize that you are, you know, you're on a dangerous path or you have some sort of addiction or you are being influenced by something that has been proven to be bad for people. I think there's just this tendency to be really defensive about that because if they agree with what they're seeing in these studies, then they have to kind of change the way that they feel about themselves and they start feeling really bad about what they like and what they're doing. And a lot of people would rather just be defensive and deny what they're seeing there. So I know this is going to be a hard episode for some of the fetishers who stalk us to hear about. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think everything that you said is is dead on. And, you know, this study, it goes on to kind of talk about the serious repercussions of viewing violent porn. And one of the things that it points out is that this type of media, it does desensitize viewers to the physical and emotional pain of the victims of the assault or the rape. And that leads to an increased likelihood of actually, you know, being a perpetrator of those violent acts. So in other words, they're losing all kinds of empathy or ability to connect with that victim and what that pain means for them and their family. And I had to read that several times because I'm thinking about death fetish and how I truly believe that these producers and these consumers have lost all ability to have any kind of empathy for victims and their families. That's what it seems like to me. I would say so, too, because all the criticism that we get about this podcast, you know, when we uh, started planning the podcast, I thought, and maybe this is naive of me, but I thought, you know, some of the members of the death fetish community may not know that, (laughs) you know, that they're forum buddies, their forum besties, some of them are committing murders. And I had wondered, once we started rolling out this podcast and showing them murder after murder after murder, where the guy was, you know, a paid member of Necrobabes or somebody who had been purchasing customs or making manipulated photos I just, I thought that maybe some of them might be like, whoa, this is crazy. I didn't know this about our community and that it might cause them to take pause. But at least publicly, I don't see that happening. And I won't say that it's not happening to a few people, but they're not talking about it in the forums. And that 
really concerns me. And I think that it does kind of back up what you just mentioned. So they don't have empathy anymore for the people that have died at the hands of other fetishers like them. No, they're too busy looking for models that look like me or you so they can do some sort of death reenactment. I mean, it's that's what they're spending their time doing. They're not listening to what we are saying and the facts that we are bringing to the table. They are spending their time in denial and defending their death fetish. And that is scary in and of itself. You know, they are behaving closed-minded just like they're accusing us of doing. So I think that's interesting. But I would also say, and just kind of add here, that that study kind of concluded with some information that said viewing violent pornography, it really can damage people so greatly. that, And that damage starts to negatively impact those around them. And that can happen in a variety of ways. You know, it's that criminal behavior that we talked about. Or maybe it's that obsessive behavior, spending 5, 10, 15 hours a day in these violent porn forums, you know, thinking about it, making them a nips, fantasizing, or going in and chatting and making plans to actually hurt somebody. So there's just a lot there. There's a lot to unpack with these studies about violent pornography. And there's so much good stuff on that Fight the New Drug website, you could just spend hours in there reading, just pouring over all the research. So if anybody is interested in this topic and they want to see for themselves what the logistics are of these studies or how big the sample sizes and things, you definitely will want to head over there and read about it. But I do think it's safe to conclude that the effects of violent pornography on society are huge. They're far-reaching, and they really do have serious implications for public safety on the whole because you have big groups of people, and we're not talking about like 40 guys in a club. We're talking about, you know, around 100,000 people that we're seeing in these forums who are interested in dead girls who are sexually aroused by violent situations and want to have total power and control over a woman, even after she's died. That should tell you everything you need to know about public safety. That's a lot of people thinking about that, desiring that. It's, oh, it's so creepy. It's scary and creepy, and people should be alarmed. I mean, because there are so many photos and videos and stories within these fetish forums, and even just a handful of them, and it's graphic stuff, crucifixion, drowning, stabbing, shooting, you know, strangling, the whole gamut. It's not innocent stuff. It's very, very, very violent content that these group of men and some women, but primarily men, are trying to normalize. And there's just nothing normal about that. And so you take all those studies that we're talking about here that are saying, hey, it's dangerous to view violent pornography. It changes you in these ways. Think about the people in these forums and what kinds of effects that has on their mental, emotional, physical health. It's just, it has to be impacting them. It's 
got to be influencing the way that they are out in the world. And I think it's just, it's so important for us to know that about this community of people and for us to take steps to protect the vulnerable members of our society from exposure to this type of material. And so when I say that, I'm thinking about each one of these forum members as an innocent person starting out. You know, they may have arrived at these forums when they were 10, when they were 12, when they were 15, with some kind of curiosity, just some thoughts or ideas. And over time, even if they didn't arrive there as a young, young person, over time, though, their brains have been changed. They have been morphed by watching this kind of material. And I think that it's pretty easy to imagine if none of these websites existed, that wouldn't happen. You know, they might have an opportunity to see a therapist or something like I just I always picture the first time somebody searches for this content, being able to find 10, 15, 20 death fetish forums and thousands of videos of this violent necro porn that's going to send a very strong message to somebody who's like teetering on the edge. And we need to make sure that there's a different message being sent. I agree with you. And I think you touched on something earlier when you were talking about going over to the website for Fight the New Drug. I think it's important that people do that because, you know, people are curious, like you mentioned, you know, teenagers get curious, maybe even younger than that, and they get on the internet. And some of the studies that I've read have kind of pointed to the fact that it's not always immediately a search for violent porn. It might be curiosity about mainstream porn. So Fight the New Drug, they actually have studies about what mainstream porn does to your brain too and how that escalates and how sometimes that can lead you into a process of wanting something more graphic or more violent or you get curious about what other kind of porn looks like. And so I really would encourage people to go over to fight the new drug because they cover the gamut from softcore porn all the way over to, you know, violent death fetish pornography. It's super interesting. They've got lots of facts to back it up. They've got case studies. They've got all kinds of information. And I think it's important for our listeners to have that sort of in their arsenal to say, hey, this is what I'm going to go and research and find out about so I can protect my family or so I can have a conversation with people that I love who I think might be dabbling in, you know, porn or violent pornography. I I know that's a little bit of a soapbox, but I think that it's important to point our listeners to that resource because it's really important and it's really informative. Yeah, it's a whole can of worms when you really start tracing back, well, how did we even arrive here? In a place and a time where death fetish pornography communities are allowed to exist, and you can't really separate the fact that the things that have to do with pornography have to do with this content as well. Like it's it's built off of pornography. It's just a very, very violent and extreme version of it. So all of the things that happen to somebody when they watch a softcore or a mainstream pornography that are bad, 
those things exist with somebody watching death fetish pornography too. So it's double or triple fold all the negative things that are happening to somebody who's in one of these death fetish forums. And it's really sad because I don't think they realize that they are programming themselves in this really dangerous way. That's an important statement that you just made. I think you're right about the programming portion. And so I just think having these kind of conversations, Alicia, to share with our listeners just what's out there so they can be aware is really, really important. I don't want to offend anyone because I know there's a lot of people that watch porn that are sex positive that you know, don't necessarily want to give that up. And I understand that we're in a very extreme category here with the people that we're talking about, but it, it's good to know everything you can about how we wound up here. Absolutely. I think it's important too to have this conversation because one of the criticisms that we get pretty frequently, I would say, from the death fetish community is that our podcast is not talking about the psychological issues behind death fetish or, you know, we're not sharing studies about, you know, how this came to be or how it's okay or why it happens. And we're not sharing that kind of information because we do not endorse death fetish, nor do we agree with it. We're actually taking a stance against it. And so I think that's important to point out here. And I think it's also important to point out that this is a true crime podcast. And so we are talking about violence that's coming from this industry. And I love that we can use a resource like Fight the New Drug to send people over there because it's not LaDonna and Alicia saying this is what we think or this is, you know, what we found in research. We're saying, hey, these are the things that we've discovered in our journey to fight against death fetish, but here are some professionals over here that are sharing the truth and the psychology behind how dangerous death fetish and violent pornography is. Right. And this is years and years of research and studies being done here. And the FBI, you know, studying just the behavior of criminals, murderers, and rapists. And you cannot deny porn and violent porn being a factor there, being in the mix there. I think that you would be totally delusional if you could walk away from those topics saying that they didn't have anything to do with each other, that there was no influence. Even Ted Bundy can see the influence. Yeah, absolutely. And I just think that the more you can educate yourself on this topic, the better you are. There's so much more information out there than what we're even able to share on this podcast today. There's just so much out there that you can read. Right. And we're just wanting everybody to know this so that they can understand why it would be so important to take out these producers that we've been exposing because the producers are part of this problem. They're providing violent pornography that's programming people to be desensitized to other humans in general, to lack empathy, to be more violent and aggressive themselves. And that impacts you. It impacts you because these guys are in your community becoming desensitized to humanity, basically. So 
you know, you may say, well, I don't watch violent pornography. Why should this matter to me? Well, it should matter to you because there are death fetishers in your community who might be preying on your family members at some point. So we're all connected here. We're all in this together and we have to take care of everybody for all of us to stay safe and alive. I want to give an example really quick, if that's okay. I mean, because this gets me riled up because people have said to me, literally, why should this be important to me? Well, I will tell you why. Do you want your sister, your daughter, your mother, your friend to go on a date with a guy, you know, go on a trip, go on a date, go anywhere with somebody else who spends hours every day looking at women who are being drowned or asphyxiated or crucified? who is watching this kind of garbage and thinks it's okay to, you know, rape and torture a woman? I don't think so. Do you want women in your life to be around men who think that violent death is okay and that they want to see it as some sort of sexual gratification? I don't think so. That's why it's important to everybody. Yep. That's a great point. We understand that some people may not be able to stomach a lot of this content and this reporting that we have. But the reach here is so far. The ties to pornography and how pornography escalates into other crimes, it just it has to be talked about. It's so harmful. And the effects of this type of media on our society are huge. And we just want everybody to know that. And we want our listeners to tend towards advocacy too and to see problems out there in the world and say, well, you know, I'm just one person, but what can I do? Is there anything I could do to try to help with this? Because that's how we are. And we like to believe that people are good and that they want to help. And so one way that you could help us with this is just to be able to share our podcast with other people that you know. Share our podcast with people that you know that may be viewing violent pornography or people that you know that have curious teenagers who are exploring their sexuality. This information is good for anybody with children, really. And if you can share our podcast and also take a look at our website, which is deepdarksecretspodcast.com, we do have a section for advocacy and there is a petition that will eventually help us to get some laws changed and, you know, really put some teeth in the obscenity laws for the U.S. Yeah, that's right. We need as many signatures as possible on that petition that Alicia and I have started. That will help us as we lead the charge in the United States to put a stop to death fetish and violent pornography. It's really important, and we hope that you'll stick with us and that you'll tune in next week as we cover more information that relates to death fetish porn, murder, and this crusade, this passion that we have to stop violent pornography. But until then, we hope you stay safe and keep your lights on and stop violent porn. For exclusive content from this episode and all other episodes, head on over to our Patreon, patreon.com backslash deep dark secrets. Sign up and you'll be able to see some visuals that accompany each episode.